Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. The government of Canada has vowed to dramatically increase the level of immigration into this country. And uh, this is one file where they're actually doing a really, really good job of turning those promises into reality. You know, we've talked before about sometimes they make announcements and uh, predictions and forecasts and promises about what's going to happen. And then it actually never really materializes. But in this case, it is. It's materializing and then some. Last year, we saw a population increase in this country higher than we've seen in well, pretty much most of our lifetimes, you'd have to go back many, many decades to see an increase in population uh, like we saw last year in Canada, and almost all of it, of course, through immigration. Uh, in a report released just last week, Stats Canada predicts that the Canadian population will double in just 25 years. More than a million people last year. If we maintain that pace, it would increase, it would double uh, by 2050. Now, that's if we maintain that pace, and there's no guarantee that we will, but gives you an idea of where we're at right now, right? Um, incredible growth. And it, that, of course, has a major impact on all kinds of different areas. You can't bring a million people into the country and not see some ripple effects in a number of ways, including the country's economic health, both good and bad. Are we doing enough to plan for that? We're going to speak with Marc Desarnaud, who is uh, Principal Economist at Desjardins. Uh, Marc, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate your time today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. This kind of uh, population growth, you can't sum it up as good or bad, right? There's just so many complicating factors that go into it. It, it. It's not that easy to say this is a good thing or a bad thing. We would say that surging population growth complicates the economic yeah. picture and the monetary policy picture in Canada. On the one hand, it clearly boosts GDP growth, which is what we've been seeing over the last several quarters, not so much in the second quarter. On the other hand, it undoubtedly stimulates consumer demand at a time when the Bank of Canada is trying to engineer a slowdown in the economy and, more importantly, in inflation. Um, the impact, like you say, it, it, it can be very, very pr profound. Um, are we doing enough planning around that, Mark? Do you think, is that something that we're incorporating into our fiscal planning? Well, I think it's, it's something that provides a boost as well as something that reinforces yeah. certain policy supports. So on the one hand, we know that there have been uh, very acute job vacancies across the Canadian economy for the last several years. Immigration and uh, temporary foreign worker admissions can help to fill some of those job shortages and offset the aging of the population, which is a, a particularly significant challenge in Canada. But on the other hand, when we have very strong population growth, that means very strong demand for housing, yep. very strong demand for public services. It reinforces the need to boost the housing supply and infrastructure spending in order to support the needs of the growing population. In your position, you're absolutely right. It's a real catch-22. I mean, there's no other way to describe it. We need the labor. We need the people to help us, you know, make sure that we're meeting all the needs of our labor force, which, as you say, we know we aren't. We have shortages in so many different sectors. And then all of the problems that we're trying to solve by increased labor, be it health care, uh, housing, you name it, um, we're just exacerbating that by bringing in more people. So how, how do you go about trying to manage both things at the same time. To me, it seems like a you know like a circular problem. I don't know what the answer is. 
Well, we think that surging population growth and uh, improving immigrant labor market integration, both of which we've seen in the last several years, are positive in the long-run prosperity. helps offset the aging of the population, helps fill job shortages. However, it also really reinforces the need to boost the housing supply, yeah. which is essential to supporting affordability over the longer run. So when you're putting policy together, when you're a policymaker, when you're you're in government, you're trying to say, okay, these are the things that we need to sort of make sure that we're monitoring and keeping track of. How do you do that? What what sort of recommendations would you make if you were asked by government, okay, what do we need to be doing and how do we make sure we manage this properly? Well, there are considerations on both the demand side and supply side of the economy. On the demand side, we need to continue to ensure that my uh, reflects the needs of the labor That's something Canada's immigration system has always been set up to do, but we need to continue to look to filling shortages in key industries. And on the supply side, policymakers at all levels of government need to remain relentlessly focused on boosting the housing supply. And at Desjardins, we actually put out a report a few weeks ago providing recommendations for the Canadian government and municipal and provincial governments based on international comparisons. So it's things like... Um, Increasing uh, uh, spots in the school trade can help build more homes. We can make use of unused commercial real estate and into residential real estate. As, uh, for instance, something the federal government has done, which is improve the sort of uh, tax incentives mm-hmm. for boosting new rental construction. That can be very helpful as well. But ultimately, it is about building more supply because at the moment, even with very strong building activity, it's just not keeping no. up the rate of population growth in Canada. No, absolutely. You're, you're, you're so right. I mean, even as we ramp things up, and that's part of the issue is, is the urgency here, because the people are already arriving uh, in record numbers, and um, the housing crisis, you know, it might get solved in five years, but we've got a major problem right now. Alberta's an even more unique case. And how much work have you, or how closely have you looked at what's happening here? Because we're seeing population increases here on, you know, the same as everybody in the country is. But then we've got this massive intermigration where we've got people leaving different provinces coming to Alberta for quote unquote affordability reasons. Um, so we've got a double situation happening here. I mean, are we doing enough to prepare for that? Well, uh, Alberta is getting balanced population growth. Uh, It led in the year to July 1st, 2023. That was the period we just got data for. It led the provinces with a 4.1% population growth. And it's been coming from, uh, as you mentioned, interprovincial migration, more and more folks moving from other provinces to Alberta in particular because of its housing affordability advantage, but also immigration, natural growth, and net non-permanent residents, which is kind of a catch-all category that includes temporary foreign workers and international students. So from our vantage point, that balanced growth means that there's less risk of a population growth slowdown in Alberta than there is in, say, Ontario, B.C. or Quebec, where uh, net non-permanent residents are making up more of the population growth. And these are categories that uh, admissions under this category tend to ease when economic growth slows. So from Alberta's point, uh, vantage point, there's less risk of a population-induced economic growth slowdown, and it means that focusing on the supply of affordable housing is important over the longer run. Yeah, so I mean, it's housing, 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 right? When, when we talk, it doesn't matter where you are in the country, that, that needs to be job one, um, and we know mm-hmm. it's, it's been such a problem. Yeah, well, certainly in Alberta, 
the affordability challenges are not as acute as they are in places like Toronto and British Columbia. But that doesn't mean that improving affordability over the longer run, making sure that the stock of available housing reflects the need of the population, uh, that those shouldn't be priorities over, over the longer run. They need to remain priorities for all levels of government. Yeah, most definitely. Mark, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you being here today.